0: Welcome to a very special episode, series of episodes of the Eric Anders Lang Show. I think we can actually just call this the RGC Roadshow, which is what we're doing with the help of our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Every week you can bet on the PGA Tour, and this week is obviously no exception. I'm going to get into the details of what FanDuel Sportsbook is going to offer you, but first... I want to just take a second to get you guys really excited about the show today. So today, RGC Roadshow is going to be diving into some of the current events here at the first round of the 150th Open Championship. Joined by my two hosts here, Gordon Smart and Dan Davies. Both of them have a long history of experience here in the UK, in Scotland. And especially with the old course, and of course, with the game of golf. So I'm looking forward to spending the next four days with them, breaking down pairings, breaking down the course, and obviously having a laugh at the same time. So thank you to FanDuel. Thank you for following along. And thank you to FanDuel Sportsbook for making this series possible. Uh, New customers can bet on the tour with a no-sweat first bet. That means if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back in free bets Literally, it's like playing the 17th at Sawgrass, but they've filled up the water with grass. How about that? So use your no-sweat bet on players like I did. A lot of interesting bets you can make this week. For me, betting on Ben Campbell is kind of an interesting bet. I played with him during the Break 90 series. Uh, You could bet on him to win outright. Kind of a bold play. Uh, or to finish in the top 20, or he could be placed in a head-to-head matchup, which uh, there's a lot of fun going on during this Open Championship. Uh, Some of the reasons why I love betting on FanDuel, one, great promotions every day. For example, the no-sweat first bet, $1,000. I mean, how do you even not do that? Two, safe and secure app. You can download it at the App Store, FanDuel Sportsbook, and you can get paid fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code RGC. Make sure you use the code RGC, and they're going to get you the no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour, promo code RGC. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the RGC Roadshow. Um, This is the first of its kind, and I'm really excited to— I've also—I don't think I've ever really— Aside from Jojo, who's in the wings today, uh, I've never really done a show with two intelligent co-hosts that have such diverse backgrounds. Um, who wants to start first?
1: Go on, Gordy, I'll go first if you like. What would you like to know about me, Eric?
0: Gordon, I know a little bit about you. Your last name's Smart, first of all. Is that a true statement? It's true, well,
1: it's not a true statement, but it's a real, it's not a stage name. A it's lot not. of people think I've made that up,
0: you know, like Diamond or you, <laughs> Globetrotter. You're, you're more, you, you are a local, You're a local, you're more than a local legend. You're actually a local and you're just an international, uh, what are you known for internationally most?
1: I would say I'm probably a journalist first. So I was the showbiz editor of a terrifying newspaper uh, for about seven (laughs) years. And then I was editor of the national newspaper in this country when I was 32 to 35. And then, have you ever seen Succession in America? Yeah. I was in the real version of that for quite a long time. And then I sacked it off. Which character were you? A a mixture between cousin Greg (laughs) and and Tom. (laughs) Okay, great. A a, a stuttering buffoon uh, trying to work my way through the the international media. So, yeah, I left when I was 35, 36, and I went to do music radio for a living on a a station called Radio X, which you might know as XFM. So Ricky Gervais, Russell Brand, all those guys were on there. And I did that for four years. And then, sadly, lost my voice, which was a bit of a problem for a broadcaster. Interesting. Uh, But golf helped me. And and Dan, actually, I wrote an article. Dan polished the turd and edited it beautifully. And it told the story of how golf helped me refine my voice and reconnect with where I grew up. Because I moved back from London, uh, about half an hour away from here in a place called Kinross. And the local golf course and the local professional said, look, come and play whenever you like. I know you're having a rough time. And as soon as you feel better, then just tell everybody about this golf course. So that was my deal with golf and how it it rescued my soul. And what a voice he's got, quite frankly. It's
0: it's good. It's beautiful. It's very good. It's It's good to have it back. Uh, so Dan, before we go over to you, like the, the exciting thing here is that we're going to be together every day of the open this year, kind of going over, um, inside knowledge, which you obviously have being a local and, uh, you know, tournament news coverage, kind of talking, maybe, maybe, maybe even talking about people's swings. I think Dan, this is something that you're kind of interested in is the, the, the swing itself. And then the, the thing that I actually regret most this year is not making it over to, the tournament that you held at, what is, I understand, the shortest and hardest golf course in maybe, maybe more than just England?
2: I'd say almost certainly the British Isles, if not Europe. Okay. Um, I wouldn't like to state the RNGC, Royal Norton Golf Club, the uh, extreme backyard nine-hole pitch and putt I've created in an orchard in South Devon uh, on a property that I don't even own, and the landowners have no clue that I've built a golf course on their land. Um, yes, it's a great golf course. Uh, we had our inaugural RNGC invitational in early june i've spent 11 months crafting a um an extreme test of short golf out of what was previously a jungle uh, it's been a very rewarding process we had uh, 17 pairs came down and played in early june and i'm very hoping or very much hoping eric that you will grace us with your presence I'm excited at to, the yeah. 2023 invitational
0: okay and that's in the spring
2: well it will be early summer so June okay. early June okay. but you know, obviously the, you know it'll be a bit like the masters the invitations will go out <laughs> people will get very very excited and start sort of instagramming and tweeting the fact they've been invited to the invitational uh, will so it look be a look paper look, invite I'm not sure, have really. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still thinking about the media. Yeah, we've okay. um, yeah, you know, a
0: pigeon. Because <laughs> when 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 Gordon said that you were working together on an article, what what part of your background is he discussing there? Well, it's, I'm
2: I'm a like like Gordon, a journalist. My I've been a journalist for over 30 years. My first job in journalism was as a 19-year-old on a magazine called Golf Illustrated Weekly, which at the time. Wow was the oldest at uh, the oldest and most long-standing sports publication in britain
0: in 19 what year is this
2: 1989 like 89. 84. Okay. Show, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just pre-war actually um <laughs> but uh yeah so i got I, I amazingly got offered a break there i desperately wanted to be a sports journalist these guys gave me a break my first open that i covered was here in, no 19, in 1990 when nick faldo won Uh, I wrote the sort of game report for that, which was one of the most exciting things I'd ever done up to that point. Did you know what you
0: were doing at that age? Not really, no.
2: Um, He doesn't know what he's doing now. (laughs) And I've just been winging it ever since, basically. So, yeah, I've written about, I mean, I've, you know, worked for magazines like Esquire and, you know, been on the staff at national newspapers. But the one thread through my writing career has been golf because... You know, I love it. I'm a golf tragic, hence. Um,
0: What's a tragic mean? What does golf? Well, tragic? I think
2: I think just in the sense that I cannot get enough of it. Yeah. I cannot get enough. Of it. I'm walking around this week with a huge smile on my face because this is my my fourth Open at the home of golf, and every time I come here, it just fills my soul. Right. So I'm just sort of my face is aching because you know I don't normally smile this much, and my my cheeks and my jaw are complaining at the effort that's going into this perma-grin that is playing around my face because the Open is back at St. Andrews.
0: There's so many like thoughts that I want to go into here. I think, um, you know, at at some point I do want to ask about the, you know, what it's been like over 20 years to see it or actually, no, it's been now. The first one you saw was 30 years ago.
2: Yeah, 1990. So we're talking 32 years
0: ago. What what was Maybe let's maybe let's start with your first experience here gordon at at the old course um or maybe when was your first open here
1: well i think 1995 wasn't it when john daly won you correct me on this yeah it was 95 yeah the 90s were a bit of a blur for me
2: <laughs> especially around that time get him on some of those stories i
1: can tell you i think you and i were the same age so i know exactly what you were doing you know exactly what i was it was a great time for music but i remember following john daly around yeah uh, with my big brother and okay. that was pretty special and i had been to the scottish open as well around that time can i ask a
0: question so a lot of people listening to this show are, you know, in America, right? And and you know, I I know John Daly, right? I have this experience of him. What is he like to the European audience? Like, what is he? What is he? How do you guys think of him? He's
2: he's he's pretty much loved. I did a a Q and A with him at Urban Golf a while back, and we had about three hundred people just rammed the place out, and they loved him. I mean, the fact that that John Daly has won an Open at St Andrews, never mind the story at Crooked Stick, you know, when he was ninth reserve and drove through the night and, you know, established the legend of the wild thing. The fact that he's won an open at St. Andrews means, you know, he's one of us now. He's very much loved. I mean, I'm, I can't... I'm not down with the beard, I must admit. The, be- the beard <laughs> the beard, I actually find frightening, properly frightening.
0: Okay, thumbs down on the beard. I think I think maybe even he would agree with that. I think he's just... So, sometimes he seems like he does things just to sort of, yeah. you know, mess with it, you yeah. know?
1: Well, think if you think about that time in the 90s as well, about all these rock and roll stars who were coming through, and he was an American rock star. And also, to transcend sport before the internet, to be an American sportsman, and for young Scottish people to be aware of him, it's quite a mad thing, really, when you think about it. It's like Michael Jordan, right? And this is the only place you will hear Michael Jordan and John Daly mentioned in the same sentence. How on earth could a bunch of school kids in Fife, in Scotland, be aware of the Chicago Bulls, right, and those players without the internet? Because it wasn't on TV. Mm -hmm. So you have to be at a certain level in your game or have some kind of notoriety to be a, a, a appealing to a bunch of young kids. And John Daly and the Wild Thing and that that reputation he had definitely spoke to Scottish people. And also so he
2: was pretty transformational, wasn't he? In the way he played the game, it was yeah. like it was like nothing we'd seen before at that time. You yeah. know, the over, you know, the enormously long backswing, the sort of outlandish distances he was hitting it. And I think people felt that maybe he was a bit of a one-hit wonder, you know. But then he came to St Andrews, and you know. Like Jack Nicholas and Bobby Jones and all those people have said, you know, no career is truly complete unless you've won an Open at St Andrews, and you know, whatever you think of John Daly's career, he has got that. Is it, is it a good
0: time to talk about that's I I haven't actually heard that quote. No career is complete if you haven't won an Open at St Andrews.
2: Words to that effect.
0: It, it, it's it's sort of interesting because I think a, a lot of the uh, the general understanding is that it's not the hardest
1: course. It's not the hardest. It's it's, it's certainly not. How dare
0: you, Eric? How dare you come here and say that on this hallowed (laughs) turf? Well, just because it's not hard doesn't mean it's not my favorite.
2: I mean, it's got incredible complexity. You know this. You you know you played it recently and you've played it before.
0: But so speak. Speak to the people saying that you know. Oh, it's not that hard, or they're going to shoot in the fifties.
2: I don't think they're going to shoot in the fifties. I was looking at the pin placements today with Dan. One of the St. Andrew's caddies, and, you know, we reckon there's always birdie chances at St. Andrew's because it's not the longest. There are a lot of shortish par fours by today's standards, but there are some pins out there that are absolutely horrific. You know, the one on four, the one on 11, and 17 is pretty tasty as well. Yeah. So, you know, they've obviously put some pins in some tough places, and, you know, if you move a pin by... 10 or 20 feet here. And these greens are so huge and so complex and with some incredible boroughs boroughs and slopes on them. If you move a pin by
1: 20, 30 feet, you can change the approach shot by 50 yards. I also love the psychology of it, right? You've got 72 acres between the 18th fairway and the first fairway, right? But in your head on the first tee on the 150th open, there's quite a lot of nerves going through, quite a lot of adrenaline pumping through the blood. And I've seen this man crumble <laughs> playing a local pitching putt, right? So imagine the psychology involved in all of that. I think that plays a part. And it's, it, it definitely play, makes a difference with certain players, yeah, that doesn't I, it?
2: I imagine probably on the first tee, there's a lot of people hoping that three words won't enter their heads. And that those three words are Ian Baker Finch, <laughs> you know, who, who unfortunately... And Ian Baker Finch was a great Open champion and a very popular player with... With british audiences but obviously famously managed to hook one out of bounds on the widest fairway in golf and it was pretty hard actually because he was going through a terrible patch at the time and his visor blew off at the top of his backswing, which was like one of the worst things you could happen
0: yeah that's uh that's bad timing yeah, do you like, think was- that do you think that was re- but what like responsible for that
2: i think it certainly played a part because if your headwear goes west you know at the yeah. top of your backswing it's it's not easy to retain focus and make contact, but it's still a very, very big Eric, fairway
1: to miss. There's a very famous uh, Scottish footballer called Alan Hanson, who's captain of Liverpool, played in front of 100,000 fans all around the world, right? And he played at the Ryder Cup a couple of times in the pro-ams before. And he said, there's nothing quite like the nerves of standing on the first tee in front of that gallery, and, and just hearing your name introduced <laughs> on the tee, Alan Hanson, and you just fall apart. And that's a guy with proper composure. Yeah, yeah who's he's played in
0: World Cups. played in World Cups, yeah. I guess you're a little bit more naked on the golf course than you are with a bunch of other men running around kind of thing. You know, it's like it's a little, it's more noticeable when you do something. It's like each shot in golf is kind of like a penalty kick almost.
2: Yeah. yeah well, it's, you know, you are out there alone. Even yeah. if you've got a caddy, it's you, your ball and the golf course. That's a that-
0: great segue. Dan, you want to talk to a caddy?
2: Yeah, I think we, we should. You, I
0: saw you over there in the corner this morning getting the download from a local caddy here. Yeah. How would you um how would you describe his knowledge here? Is he, is he is he well, back? Yeah, I mean, Dan Dan's come on. Yeah. Dan's here. here he
1: we should give come him on. a very small round of applause from this small gallery here. Yeah. Small <laughs> but knowledgeable Thank gallery. Thank you Sounder,
0: for having us. Dan, so you meant garden. to tip your cap when like yeah, yeah, you come up. I would be touching the brim right now. We're just running straight into the show. Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um
3: I'm a golfer. Caddy at St Andrews. First caddy there in 2008 for 3 years. And then gave up for a while. Go and work with my dad. Actually, on that big building there, Halton Grand, we were involved in the refurb there. Spent a lot of time up in the top apartment, just looking at the golf course. And then came back caddying this year. And you're being like very you modest about your golf, Dan. Let's just well, let's just dig into that's how that's good you are at golf. To, excuse me, <S laughs> laughing at me because he knows how bad it really is. What well, off <laughs> plus I'm just three? You guys up? No, yeah. It's uh when I've played off plus since. Well, 16, 17, but the golf that I played now is different from the golf I played when I was 16, 17. It was like a plus golfer at my home course and I would go and shoot eight to five. What's your home course, Dan? My home course is Boulombie Castle, but my main course I play is Carnoustie. And what's your best uh, score around Carnoustie, Dan? My best score is five under par.
0: Okay, well, there we go.
2: (laughs) Argument closed (laughs) about how good Dan is as a
0: golfer. How many bogeys did you make when you shot five? Wow. Off the That's open, even more impressive off, than five birdies. Off various. the open
3: tees as well. It's like the best round of golf I've ever <laughs> had in my life. But I shot 82 on the same golf course about four days before. And a oh. guy I guy was playing with, his dad, is actually, he's a chairman of Arbroath Football Club, and he was following us around. And he genuinely was questioning my score on the Wednesday night because he'd seen me playing golf on the Saturday. And he's like, Are you, sure you sure you've just sorted the score? I'm like, I think so. I'm pretty sure I have. He's genuinely debating whether or not I'd been cheating on it. It was that obvious, like, well, that different. It was like 15 shots of a difference. And it was easier on a Saturday than it was on a, on the Wednesday night when I shot that score. So, but that's... Do you think, okay. just in terms of scores, there's been a lot of conjecture about whether
2: anybody's going to go under 60 at the old course. A lot of people have been talking about that in the run-up. Do I you think th- there's any chance with the weather conditions we're likely to get this week? I don't
3: think they are allow it. I think, like you've seen some of the pins, as you spoke yeah. about. Some of the pins, there are birdie chances, but there's also... Double and triple chances if you yeah. put it in the wrong place. so Andrews, it's all about missing it in the right place. You've got to miss it in the right place. If you miss it in the wrong place, you can just rack up silly numbers. And it's also, when you see guys shooting below 60 or low 60, anyway, it's in the Dunhill links where the tees are forward and things like that. When it's at the open, it's as far back as they can get it. And we were talking about the 14th, yeah. and where the tee is on the 14th. It's like 78 yards back from the normal
0: tees. It's on a different golf
3: course. Almost, yeah. It's almost (laughs) on the Eden course, yeah. So you're having to carry it over the wall. So the wall normally runs up the line of the hole. These guys are playing over it with the wind coming off the right-hand side, leaning your ball towards the fifth hole. But they've grown all the rough in between the two holes because it's normally like double fairways everywhere. So you either hit a fade down to try and keep it on the fairway or you're risking going over the other side, which takes a par five, an easy birdie hole normally, into a proper par five right so they're going to just put all the tees in the right places the pins are if you play a good shot it's a birdie if you don't you can rack up anything there's like the eighth holes at the back sitting on the top of a slope straight down wind if you go over the back of the green you're dead so you've got to be short but then you're leaving yourself a three-putt chance long
2: putting is going to be absolutely
3: exactly. key this week
2: isn't it there can be so so many players are not going to be used to Hitting putts of the length they're going to be asked oh, to. It's here funny. In
3: you see the American guys you caddy for, and they get frustrated because three putt. They're like a oh, three putt, three putt. You're like, how many times do you putt from 50 yards yeah. at a green in the States? <laughs> quite regularly, like, actually. for I've no know. <laughs> you know, from 50
0: yards. Yeah, Gordon's proximity is sure. not
2: actually his strongest suit. Happy there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah well, also, like, the the undulations are very different. Yeah. On the old course, it's you're like, not used to putting up a 10 foot slope. No,
3: nah, it's like the 12th hole. You've got. The flat at the bottom, yeah. Then a ridge in the middle, and then another bit off the back. So the chances are you're going to have a two-tier putt, regardless. So, so how, would you, how would you
1: prepare a golfer for that then if you were taking them out two days beforehand?
3: Give them a couple of beers, maybe a <laughs> shot of whiskey. <laughs> 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 it's the best thing you could do. I always just say to any golfer, I'm like, don't worry about the line, just get your pace right. You need the pace putting to be good. If your pace putting's off, just forget it. It's just. It's crazy how difficult that vacancies can be. So in
2: terms of the skill sets, we had a look at uh, the skill sets that we thought and other players who, who've who come into the press conferences this week have talked about, you know, one is obviously long putting, two is around the green from those tight lies because there's going to be a lot of balls rolling off yeah. the green and three is approach play from probably around 140, 160 yards. Would you yeah.
3: Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I would say because of the Because of the length of the old course, these guys can leave themselves the 140, 150 yards comfortably. They don't need to be bombing it off the tee. That's why I think I don't think it'll be a long hitter will win. Mm. It's all about precision playing and short game again. It's because it's so firm. You need to keep the ball on the ground. You can't be playing 60 degree shots like when it was here in was it 2015 and Zach Johnson won and it rained. So the greens were all soft. So the he was—he was a, he's a short hitter as well. Isn't yeah, he? he was. Yeah, but all the the guys that were flying sixties in, controlling it—it's completely different this year. It's so firm and burnt out. They're going to need to keep the ball on the ground around the greens to have any chance of getting it up and
0: down. So, what type of shot? You know, you've been around the old course how many times? Oh, f- hundreds. 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 What, what what type of shot are you most excited to see the best players in the world hit this week?
3: I like to see them playing using backstops and being creative. It mm. seems like some of the pins will be sitting at the bottom of a hill and it seems just normal to just play the straightforward shot, but they'll use the undulations to bring the ball, not even try and hole it necessarily. Say they've got a difficult chip shot. The amateur golfer will think, I just need to try and get this in the hole. Whereas the professional will go, if I get this to 10 feet, I'm probably going to hold the putt. And they'll use the slopes and just be creative. That's what the golf course is built like. You know, there's not many greens that have that many slopes that you can't use to your advantage. And that's going to be an experience thing. There's players here who've got experience of playing the old course
2: and for quite a number that have never played an Open I- Open here before. I mean, Morikar yeah. was a great example. This yeah. is his, his second Open Championship ever. But, yeah. So that experience, I think, of knowing the course and playing it, because it is one of those courses that reveals itself over time, isn't it? A lot of people yeah. come to the old course, play it the first time and think, what was all that about? But you play it again and again and it just reveals itself a little bit more every time until, yeah. you, until you head over heels no, in love with it.
3: you touched on it as well earlier on, where the greens are that big, you can literally play four different golf courses this weekend, yeah. like f- you could put the p- the fifth greens like 100 yards long, you can have the pin back right, which makes it like 80 yards longer than it is today. It's at front right today. Yeah. So they'll play the golf courses so differently. Well, we're talking about the fourth over today, they'll bomb it left off the tee, and just play it as a par four. No one's gonna try and birdie that with the pin. But if the pins front right, it's a completely different hole, and you'll hit your tee shots in different places. There's not many courses that you can set up like that. Normally, the greens are small, but it pretty much plays the same all the time. But mm. you can almost have four different greens mm. for one hole on one green here.
0: So, as we kind of open up the tournament here, today's day one, I'm assuming you've been watching a little bit of the practice rounds. Yeah, I
3: watched a little bit. What,
0: what have you seen like on the greens? Are there, have you seen them? miss any putts that you're like well yeah of course they would miss it there everybody misses it that way I think
3: I think the key key with St. Andrews is these guys a lot of these guys are coming from the PGA Tour where the greens every putt breaks a lot of these greens are flat but it's hard to believe hard to believe so you'll be looking for a break that doesn't exist and a lot of these guys will probably need to adapt their mind to just trust that there's not a break there you know right. it's one of these things anytime I'm reading a putt if I don't see something in the first couple of seconds, I'm just straight. Do, yeah. do, do, the, do the the tour caddies,
2: obviously local knowledge is even more, the importance of it is even more pronounced Yeah. on the old course. Do the tour caddies sort of pick the brains of local caddies like yourself to be able to get some of the intel on these breaks? Because they haven't got green reading books this week. No,
0: I think- Wait, what? They don't have green reading no. books? No. Why is that? That's crazy. That's normal. That's how it should be. Yeah. You should what? be doing it by I eye. That might be how it should be. Yeah. That might be how it should be, but that's not how it is. Don't don't they have green reading books every week? Uh, well, I think they do on the PGA tour, yeah. but this I think is they're the Trying open. to
3: eliminate them, though, aren't they? Yeah. Wait, so
0: the wrong. RNA was like, yeah, no, no, we're not having them.
3: You shouldn't. I don't think. I think part of the skill was to read the green. And also it's a pace of play thing as well. It's well, like exactly. It's put your
2: notebook away and get wow. on and hit your putt.
3: Exactly. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm uncomfortable.
0: No, and I'm not even responsible I, for putting.
3: I think it's. I think it just messes with your head. You know, like I've never, ever, ever used one, but I've seen it, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, you can see with your eyes. Yeah. You know, it's it's like the, the aim point thing. I can't understand that because it's like, that the one with the feet where people yeah. are sort of getting the, I've never even. There's, I've never been able to do plum bobbing no, either. There's a science yeah. to it, but I just can't even put. Can, put so. Anything <laughs> you can see with your eye, can't put either. To be yeah. honest, yeah. I've put the yips. Yeah, I've, 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 I've well. five. i I'm 500 Oh no, I was able to put that day.
0: Put the All straight putts
3: yeah it's like there's so many flat putts here but do they, do they do the tour caddies so we a lot of them have got contacts so a lot of St right. Andrew's guys like so we were talking about Ian Wright who carried for Seve he um, a lot of guys have got contacts right and a lot of them have caddied here as well over the years but like I seen Paul Casey's caddy out walking just before we shut up for a few weeks um, he was out walking the course and there's been a few caddies that'll come out and they have all got contacts and they'll speak to each other get a little bit of advice things like that yeah, but most of them are pretty good at knowing, like reading greens anyway, you know. Yeah. You'll find a lot of the players will probably read their own putts as well. Yeah, well also there's there's going to be caddies like players. I mean, you know, you look
2: at Tiger who's played here a lot and people like Adam Scott, I think, has played four, Wait, well he's, he's played a number of opens here. Yeah. yeah, he's got that experience. But there are caddies who've been out there for years as well who've,
3: who've, yeah, exactly. who've got experience here. Yeah, Well, a lot of different golfers and probably seen a lot of different places at the golf
0: course as well. Yeah. When Tiger says that St. Andrews, the old course, is his favorite golf course, how does that, like, land for you?
3: I get it in the sense that I find, again, you were talking about being a hard course and stuff. It's really – playing at Karnisty, it's not. It's not, but it can be, again, because they can change it up. But I've played the old course a few times, and I think the middle section can be a bit like, well, that's – that's okay. But I think it's because the feeling you get on the first and the feeling you get to 17 18. Like, you, I live here, go there every day and you still get that feeling that,
2: like that don't ba- get anywhere else. That back nine though, as the town oh. starts to get bigger and bigger
1: yeah. and bigger on the exactly. horizon. Just and it pulls it's you in. That's thing. just an amazing it's like experience. you the stand set up, isn't it? And the cremes. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It, it is. It's still like, magical for us after I've, all these years. I,
3: exactly. And it's on my doorstep and I still get that sort of goosebumpy feeling being there every day. And it's just... They've never experienced that anywhere else in the world on any other golf course. The fa- my favourite course ever is Muirfield. I think it's like spectacular, but I've not had the same feeling at Muirfield that I get when I'm on there. Yeah. And it is only the couple of holes, and I don't know if it's the feeling on the first and 18th and 17th that makes the rest of the course kind of feel not as exciting. Is it? Because it is exciting, but just that goosebumpy feeling. Just you don't experience that. Mm. Like the first and 18th, you're hitting into a town. It's an amphitheatre, yeah. isn't it? But and also, it's like
1: t- taking it away from the golf as well, like you go into the Dunvegan pub and Ernie Els is sitting having a pub. Oh, something surreal as somebody who grew up here, where these incredibly famous people that you watch on TV so much of the year are just, just ambling around. around your yeah, just walking yeah. About. It's bizarre, isn't And it? it's just normal. And I think it's the beauty
3: of St Andrews as well is it's they're respected as well. It's don't, they don't get pestered. They just, it's a place that they can be comfortable, walk around, have a drink, and it's just like a normal thing. Whereas if you go into like any other town, They'd be hounded for autographs, photographs, everything like that. People are just happy to be in their company. Almost, it's like it's special. It's, it's just always like that as well. Like every day of the year, it's just busy with tourists, everything. You got students as well. It's just an amazing place, even with the golf course. You should
1: point out, Eric, as well. Dan's not just the caddy, not just a wonderful golfer, but a great singer as well, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, really?
3: I wouldn't say great, but I get away with it. <laughs> what do you get?
0: What's your favorite song to sing?
1: Favorite song to sing? Oh,
3: uh, that's a tough one.
0: Um, anything by the Beatles. What really? song are you going to sing right now? How about that? Nothing. I'm come hungover. on. I'm too hungover oh, for Come uh, on. Gordon you, will go you, with you. You're, you're playing live
3: gigs for... Wait, this yeah. week, yeah. aren't you? You're playing yeah. tonight. Where? Up in the rule. Up in the rule in St. Andrews. Okay.
0: And can anyone go? Yeah. Okay. We'll bring you're We'll welcome. bring a couple hundred people and then we'll just... Is that all? Is that okay?
3: Come on, Dan. Sell it. Sell it. Yeah. No, we're playing up there. So it'll be
0: sold out already. You guys have no chance of getting there a name to the... To the act or is it just Yeah, your there name? is,
3: but yeah. I don't know if I want to tell you because it's horrendous. <laughs> so the name, <laughs> the name is Jive Candy. Okay. It was called that before I joined the band. <laughs> that, that, you're I'll right. Just, that is horrendous. horrendous. That <laughs> is absolutely. Oh no, it could be worse. So, we're, so tonight we're playing in the rule and on Saturday we're playing in the Open at the uh, at the Pavilion in the Spectators Village. So once the golf's all done and all the the spectators get kicked out, we're playing in one of the the tents. So they've called us Candy Jive. So I didn't think Jive Candy could get worse, but
0: apparently it could get worse. So I don't like Candy Jive. I like what, sort of jive mu- candy. what
3: sort of music is it? So it's, all cover it's not music. death metal with a name like that, is no, it? No, it's definitely not. And it's not Jive either, to be honest. It's like mainly, the Beatles are a big, big thing for Brilliant. us. Stereophonics is my favorite.
1: Yeah, I love those stories about caddies. Because uh, yeah. you work in yeah. yeah. St Andrews. Yeah. You must have had some fascinating people you've carried the bag for, right? Some,
3: some very, very interesting people. Yeah, you were talking about John Daly earlier on. Uh, caddies for a guy, just a few weeks ago again and he played in the, you know the father-son tournament over in the states yeah. so he yeah. played with his son uh, with john daly and i can't tell you all of the stories that he told <laughs> me for obvious reasons but he told me a good story about john daly i think it was south africa and It was a european tour event and his wife had just cleared out all his bank accounts <laughs> and he had nothing he didn't even have money to get a flight home and typical john daly style he just went ah oh well let's just go and get drunk So they got hammered, trashed the hotel room. He put his fist through the TV. He made the cut. So he went to the PGA Tour event the next day and says, look, I'm going to have to pull out. My hand's knackered. And he says, look, we'll bandage it up. You're going to have to play. So they bandaged it up. He played. He won the tournament. So he made enough money to fly home again. (laughs) This is the only way he got home. It's
0: great. So uh, my question is, in all the rounds that you've caddied, um, there's there's a relationship between player, amateur, and caddy that's like you're on the same team yeah and i'm curious to know like what was the most excited you've been right was there did you see a hole in one did you see someone shoot their best score like there must be some moment where i was just like uh, that was that was electric the
3: most excited i've been was probably again just before it came off a guy pulled out a bottle of a water bottle filled with like what looked like black corn juice on the first hole i was like Mate, you're that tight that you won't even buy a bottle of juice. You've filled your own water bottle. And he's like, this isn't juice, this is red wine. I'm here to get, I'm here to get drunk, mate. <laughs> and I was like, this is my kind of day. <laughs> and he's just spent, he, was, he wasn't he was very good for the first five holes, so he finished his wine. Then he had a couple of Gordon's gins. And then he got to the turn and he had three gin and tonics, finished his red wine, and he was a little bit drunk. <laughs> but the golf was getting better. He bought another five gin and tonics at the Sounds ninth. Like by the time he got to 14, he played the back in in 300 par. He was out in about 10 over. <laughs> he was drunk and he just played great and he didn't care. He just enjoyed it. It was dancing. a great day, wasn't it, Dan? Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, if the Caddies were a little drunk on the course, I would have been joining in. You know, he I mean, was great. But as more guys enjoy it, they're there for the experience. They don't care how they play. Like, I had a father and son were in tears together on the 18th green, things like that. It's good to see how much it means to people. And it's like, it doesn't... A lot of caddy, a lot of golfers that maybe aren't great golfers will spend their day apologising because their golf's not great. And I'm like, as long as you're enjoying yourself and we're having a good laugh and that's all that matters really. You know, It doesn't feel like work if you're with somebody that's just enjoying it, make, it, it.
2: It makes such a difference though playing the old course with a St Andrew's caddy. I mean, it just elevates yeah. the whole experience, not only for the expertise, you know, in lines off the tee, in breaks on putts. It's the so as well. And it's just it? being able to. It's just part of the whole experience. And also the
1: psychology of it, isn't it? Having yeah. somebody saying, "Put that away. Calm down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Enjoy no, it's yourself. It's so funny. Just take yeah, yeah. I, see lo- them, I love it.
3: See them pulling the sixty-degree out from like ten yards off the green. Like, what are you doing? Get <laughs> that. Get the putter out. Wait, don't. don't
2: that, do that. That's my
3: sort of talk. I like oh, yeah. to
2: putt like put from anywhere.
3: Yeah, and it's good. One hundred and fifty yards you in. Need to, you, you need to. You need to. That's good. And it's also, you see like the joy on some of the golfers faces when you tell them like historical facts about the old course and stuff like we were talking earlier on about how it used to be played in reverse. So first green tea would go to the 17th green. A lot of guys don't know that. And there's so many, so many interesting facts. Although if you get somebody that annoys you, you start winding them up, you tell them the soaking Bridge gets taken in at night because somebody tried to steal <laughs> it. Uh, you just fill their head with
1: nonsense. And also those great moments where you could say Jack Nicklaus got a 10 here. Yeah, makes well, we
3: another one we were talking about it was the 11th, Jack Nicholas describes the 11th as the shortest par 5 in golf yeah. because yeah. it really can be, you know, it's like so tough, it's such a difficult and that, par And three. that pin there today that is ridiculous, today is, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's on the tabletop, top, the, right. This I mean, year, well, this year when the, the pin was there this year and it was in a hurricane and every caddy was just like, oh, that's, that's unplayable, like that pin's unplayable. We stood on the 12th tee and watched three boys knock it inside six feet and we're like, can't be that unplayable, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, it's... It's holes like that. Like, it really can be the shortest par five in golf. I've seen Jordan Spieth take, I think it was an eight or a nine there one year when he put it well through he, the back.
2: When he, I think, was it five years ago? He was 2015. He was coming in here having won the first two majors of That's the year. Right, so yeah. the slam was on. And he four-putted four the 11th he, right, in the last yeah. round and missed out by one. So yeah. he's it's got so unfinished business. Done.
3: So easily done.
0: Well, thanks for joining us, Dan. I really thanks appreciate for it. Me, no, I'm sure clear. that uh, maybe we'll have some questions come in after posting this podcast. Yeah, and if give me want, a shout. Uh, yeah, and then uh, we'll post a link to the to the show. To the yeah. To the, no, thanks for having me. I'll to see The Candy tonight. Jive is that we'll what you, see you want to change to? <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> we'll be not there. be changing that. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank Cheers, you. Dan. Cheers, Dan. Yeah, thank guys. you very much. I, I know a couple of people that have like uh, like given up their lives outside of Scotland and, and moved here and sort of whether or not they become caddies, they kind of just walk around the old course all day. And, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's almost like a spiritual job, you know, it feels like.
2: It is a spiritual place, I think. I mean, there there is something really magical about that stretch of, of land, you know, the way, even the fairways, I mean, this week, they're so hard, they're so tight, but that's, that turf is so compacted over such, so many years of golfers walking it. And you do, I mean, it, it you know, it does sound, a like, a little bit like a cliche, but you are walking in the footsteps of giants when you play here. Yeah. And as Dan said, you know, golf is unique in that sense that you get to play in the, in the sports iconic arenas, which you can't do in other sports, but nowhere, I don't think, do you feel that more than, than here really, because it's, it's so old and it's so unique, you know, nobody would ever design a golf course like this now. Yeah. And yet
1: this is the template for so much great golf course architecture
2: that's gone on since.
1: I think any famous arena where you can hear a commentator in your head as you walk down the yeah. fairway. If you can hear Peter Alice, and here he is, Dan Davis, about to knife a wedge. Yeah. Here he
2: is. He's uh, just about to five parts again on 17.
1: <laughs> there is something magical about that, and on every hole, you recognise it from watching it on TV from when you were really young.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for our guest that's going to come in in a few minutes. Can you can we just talk a little bit about uh, the the only way I can you know contextually understand. This man is that he's, he's basically the mayor of Fife of this yeah this area of Scotland.
1: I promise this isn't disgusting nepotism, right? This is a genuine. He is reason. your father-in-law. I he's know my that. Father-in-law, right? <laughs> he is, but the, he's decorated. He is decorated. He is the provost of the kingdom of Fife. So his name's Jim Leishman. He's an MBE, the ninth fellow of Carnegie MBE College. MBE is the
0: is the um, master of the British, member of the British Empire. Member of the British Empire, which was awarded to him. Are you school. anything? Do you have any acronyms? I know. I'm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm banned. I'm from every pub in Andrew.
1: and quite a few around the country. No, he's uh, Jim Leishman, MBE, ninth fellow of Carnegie
0: College, um, and the provost of the Kingdom of Fife. And and so in in his involvement in the, in the. Uh, in Fife is that of sort of it's a political position. It's is, is it a paid yeah. position? So he's an elected Labour politician.
1: Okay. And his his job really is to encourage enterprise and business in Fife. So he'll be shaking hands, meeting business people, trying to encourage business to come into into this lovely kingdom. And he also is a wonderful after dinner speaker, entertainer. Storyteller. He's an amazing storyteller. He's got an incredible story. And I shouldn't gloss over the fact that he was a brilliant footballer, right? He was captain of Scotland under 21s and then had his career criminally cut short with injury when he was, I think, just turned 21. And at that point, he was about to sign for Liverpool, Leeds, or Nottingham Forest when they were superpowers in world football. And I think Bill Shankly at Liverpool, he was the top of his signing targets in 1972, 73 season. So he's got this great story and broke his leg and then ended up working as a civil servant and then got back into football management and became manager at Dunfermline when he was 28 years old. And then subsequently became the only British manager to take two teams from the bottom of the bottom league into the top league and into Europe. He did it with Dunfermline, and he did it with uh, Livingston. Okay. Seven promotions in, in Scottish football. So he's a decorated manager and I don't know how he, w- he managed to wing it so successfully because you'll meet him in a second and he's just been at it for years. Yeah. He's just an
2: all-round legend though isn't he because I've I've never met him before but I've heard you talk about him on so many occasions
1: and uh, he's a large presence isn't he? He is a flamboyant human being, uh, wonderful on a night out and he's got so many great stories to tell, he's played the old course countless times, I think on Tuesday night and he'll tell you for himself he went for dinner with Lee Trevino and a number of the champions and was speaking in front of them and talking about the history and heritage of this amazing part of the world.
0: While we wait for him to make his way to the stage, I'm curious to know, Dan. Uh, you know, the 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 old course caddy was talking about. You know, playing the old course in reverse. Have either of you had the privilege of, of playing the old course in reverse?
2: No, I'd love to. I mean, it's it you can see that it makes sense with, with the positioning of some of the bunkers and the angles of some of the bunkers and the fact that the face seems to be in the wrong place on some of those bunkers. Yeah. Have you have you ever played it in reverse? No,
0: no, it's something I'm very no, interested in. If love you
2: know to, anybody.
1: I'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. I don't, I don't know think, you really need to know to do that. but I've got a confession for you. Oh, you, come, I'm, I'm surprised you've not done this actually, Eric, but... About 10 o'clock at night in the middle of the summer it's still go. quite light. So Let's we'll do it tonight. Was tonight some... a bad night? I think it might be a, bad, be a bad idea, night, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might share a cell tomorrow. But you just take a couple of clubs and go and play the course in every direction you fancy. It what is the most illegal
0: thing you've ever done, Mr. Smart? That's a great question. <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever done? Me? I, well, oh, no, I,
1: well, I once. Got, I'll tell you. I can tell you one story. Yeah. I was once arrested in Cologne for borrowing a fire engine about yeah, that? Interesting. What, yeah. Was there a fire, or was this just recreational? Well, that was the kind of awkward part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> they left the engine running <laughs> while they were attending to a fire. <laughs> and the, the German police aren't, I would say, the most amenable and friendly to yeah. our kind of Stealing fire trucks. So, was,
0: what, what kind of fire truck are we talking here? We're talking a full-size, yeah. Really? Le knee,
1: they used to call it, didn't it? The Dennis Fire Engine. But um, Did you need a, a, uh, a uh, what do they call the guy, Tillerman? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've not been back to Germany since, Eric. Because <laughs> uh, I gave them a false name. I said my name was Jimmy Boko, who at that time played for Hibs. And my address was 1 Easter Road, Edinburgh, which is the Hibernian football ground. <laughs> so I've not been back to Germany since.
0: Yeah, well, that's
2: and,
1: good. And here he is. Uh, here he is. All right, welcome to the show. Yes, please, join us. Ladies and gentlemen,
4: Jim Leishman, MBE, Provost of Fife. Very good Hello. to see you. The kingdom you of Fife. Up. Yes. Thank you. Hello, Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What a great week. And thanks for the invite, guys. It's really special. Well, it's great
1: to see you. Great to meet you. I've heard so much about you, Jim.
2: It's a, the uh, man, the myth, the legend.
4: Well, I don't know about that, but it's all should, true. I should <laughs> say you're,
1: you're not Mr. T, right? You don't normally cut about wearing jewelry like that, right? This oh, I'm, is a ceremonial He's problem. a
4: hero of mine, Mr. T, so I, I'm liking this. How often do you wear this? Just at official functions, okay. Um, civic duties, really. Okay. Uh, but it's great. Quite often, uh, quite busy just now. Uh, on on Tuesday, I was um, at, at the university with Jack Nicholas Lee Trevino, uh, Ola Ola, Ola, Ola um, Sir Bob Charles, when when they got um, made doctors, and Sir Jack uh, uh, was uh, what was it? He got uh, freedom of the. City of St Andrews, so Jack nicholas freedom of. St. Oh Andrews. wow! And he was yeah. the first
2: golfer since Bobby Jones
4: to get that honor, mm-hmm. isn't he? Bobby Jones was the last one. Yeah, yeah. The three, he's the third person to get that honor, and it was so emotional. Olazabal o- o- got the doctorate first, and the tears came flowing out. Wow! Yeah. And then and that's the passion—a professional guy that really cares. And then Sir Jack, so I say, Sir Doctor Jack, sorry. Uh, he was last to get presented, and, and the tears came as well. And the, all the fact I was sitting next to his son uh, Jack Junior, and Jack Junior's wife, and behind me, right behind me, was uh, Tom Watson, and then Gary Player. And I'm saying, "Wow!" Because I love my golf. I, I think the golf's great. Uh, I used to hammer Gordon all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's deadly with nine iron, by the way. But uh,
0: uh, <laughs> you know, we we uh, we're gonna wind up. You're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a special thing here you're gonna bless the show is that is that what it is yeah i think it'd is be that- sensible
1: for you to give us an official opening because that's one yeah. of your ceremonial duties right you turn yeah. up at events you speak publicly you cut the ribbon so i wonder if you could give us your official blessing <coughs> you well, a, be a
4: pleasure. i was wanting to actually sing one of the Beatles song gordon <laughs> 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 where's dan you coward coward <laughs> 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 obviously it's been a hard day's night eh? right anyway oh right sorry <laughs> he's here all week i <laughs> know <laughs> oh, uh, um what was it? oh sorry you're going to sing. No, well, I could do, but uh, I'd really like, as the provost of the Kingdom of Fife, to first of all officially welcome you here to St Andrews, the home of golf, and secondly to open the Sounders radio show. I hope you're enjoying it. I've enjoyed listening to the participants. Great guys here on the stage, and have a great week, guys. It's a pleasure. To be here part of your show thank you all very much thank you Jim Thank, thank you, Jim. thanks
0: that was great It was very relaxing yeah officially relaxing thank you very much my
4: pleasure guys yeah. thanks Jim great thanks Gordon
0: um, okay so we'll see you back here tomorrow and I'm very excited to bring you have another special guest tomorrow Gordon I, I when is it going to stop <laughs> it's not going to stop. don't stop it's not we've got Colin Montgomery coming tomorrow I don't know if Amazing. you're familiar with his
2: work yeah it seems I Colin. with him actually
0: have you really yeah and he was very nice yeah so We'll see. We'll, Eric, we'll see if that came,
2: came second in the open of Tiger here by about 24 shots.
0: <laughs> he
1: once gave me a row for eating crisps on the side of the course at Glen Eagles. Okay. So well, we all have that's some questions. quite ironic,
2: isn't it, from Colin, from, from Colin Montgomery? I think
0: he just wanted the crisps. didn't he? <laughs> yeah, can't blame him. All right, well, thank you for joining today, and uh, this is going to be great when we're back tomorrow. Cheers, Eric. Cheers, Eric.